Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome back to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This is Tyler Chef. I am your host. And this week, I want to talk about the 1031 trap. Now, you're probably thinking, uh-oh, what do you mean trap? I'm just getting ready to do a 1031 exchange because, after all, everybody on Facebook said that'd be the best thing for me. I'm assuming that my tax obligations are going to be so massive when I sell my house or my apartment building that 1031 is the only answer. And more importantly, I like the idea of being in a rush when I go to designate my own, my next property when the market is hotter than hell. That makes total logical sense. If you have any of these thoughts in the last few months or years and you're on the fence about doing a 1031, or maybe you still think the 1031 is an amazing idea and is going to change your life, listen in. So before we get started, I'm supposed to say that I'm not a CPA or a tax professional. So anything that I'm telling you in this podcast is absolutely my opinion, except for the stuff that I'm going to read you directly off the IRS website. That's right. I don't think I need to be a CPA to read the English language directly off the IRS website. And I've always wondered why people have to say that in the first place. I'm not an attorney and I'm not a CPA or better yet. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Why do people say that? What's What happens if you do do that? Let's say I do give you tax advice and I'm, I'm not a CPA. And for some reason you thought I was. What happens? I'm curious. If anybody's ever heard of what happened, has a tangible case of something that's happened, drop me an email, infocashflowguys.com, because I'm curious. I've always wondered that. Let's get started. 1031 exchange is a legal vehicle for deferring capital gains tax. By electing 1031 exchange status when selling one property and investing in another investment property, you get spared from capital gains taxes. That statement I read off of a website on the internet, by the way. Now, you might be asking why I read that. I'm curious what all of you heard. Get out of jail free card. I don't have to pay taxes. Makes my taxes melt away like butter. No. We missed some key words. One of the most important key words in there being deferring, deferring. Deferring means we're not going to tax you today. We're going to save it up for a, a rainy day and we're going to tax you at some point in the future. So understand that with a 1031 exchange or anything that defers taxes, it doesn't mean your taxes go away. It just means it's an IOU to the government. Don't worry. They will tax you later. And I'm sure they will tax you at a much higher rate than what they're taxing you now. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode. But I do want to make sure that you understand understand under no circumstances does a 1031 exchange excuse you from paying tax. They are going to tax you when they say deferred. Well, hold my beer. Watch this. We're going to tax you at some point in the future. It's just a matter of when. Okay. The same thing applies to self-directed or to IRAs in general, whether it be self-directed or or traditional IRA. They have a Roth IRA that is a tax-free gain, which means they don't tax you on the money, on the profits that your IRA earns if it's a Roth IRA, if you take the Roth election. And that's because they've already taxed the money that you're putting in that IRA. So if you don't want to pay later and you would rather just pay now and get it over with, then choose a Roth option if you're doing an IRA. If you're excited about the fact of donating to the federal government and all the socialist programs and making sure that all the illegal immigrants get their stimulus checks, you know, that people all over the world get stimulus checks because we've got plenty of checks. What could possibly go wrong? Then you'll want to check option A and go for that deferment thing because isn't that sexy? So before we go any further to get the facts on the 1031 exchange program, go directly to the IRS. Even if you have a CPA, I think it makes good logical sense for you to go there and at least read the basic information that they provide. 
believe it or not, unlike the rest of tax code, this one's written out pretty simple. It's not made out to be rocket science. It's pretty cut and dry. And they've got some really good publications on there. So when you go to irs.gov, that's irs.gov, over on the right up at the top, there's a little search field. You could type in 1031 or you can type uh, 1031 exchange. And it will give you some articles and topics and publications they've put out that talk about tax deferred exchange. Now, I want to talk a minute about deferment before we go any farther. I decided at the time of this recording, I was going to go ahead and look at the U.S. debt clock. You can just Google search U.S. debt clock, and it shows the current debt of the U.S. at this moment in time. Keeping in mind that number is always increasing, literally. if you, It's kind of terrifying to go do it. You should probably go do it. Get on your cell phone, type in U.S. debt clock, and uh, just go watch. The, go to the website and watch it. The current U.S. debt is at just shy at the time of the recording, $28 trillion, $28 trillion. And if you say to yourself, well, it'll take a long time to get any bigger. Eventually we'll get it under control. Uncle Joe's got it handled. Geez, you know, the next president I'm sure will be amazing. And the one after that will be even more amazing. Someday we'll be out of debt and there'll be flowers and lilies growing everywhere and it'll never snow up north and it'll be great. The reality of it is right now in Washington, just to give you an example of how fast this debt crisis and exacerbate right now, they're getting ready to sign off on a 1.9 trillion. That's almost $2 trillion to that $28 trillion in the next 30 days. So what does that mean? That means $28 trillion will become 30 fast. Realistically, even if they didn't do the $1.9 trillion, if you see how fast that counter is trucking along, it'll be at $30 trillion without the $1.9 trillion, which means when the $1.9 trillion passes, it'll be $32 trillion. And on and on and on. I don't need to beat a dead horse. You know where I'm going with this. Taxes are never, ever, ever going to go down because the U.S. debt is spiraling out of control. And guys, if you haven't been paying attention, this has nothing to do with the pandemic, by the way. Yes, the $1.9 trillion to some degree. But our country financially has been a financial train wreck for decades. And you can't sit there and blame any one president. This isn't Bill Clinton's fault or George Bush's fault or Trump's fault. And in four years, it won't be Joe Biden's. At the end of the day, it's <laughs> we are a con consumer culture and we elected all of these other people, not just the president, to get into office. So I think it's safe to say that under no circumstances will your taxes ever go down. And I know the politicians campaign on the fact that we're going to reduce taxes. Well, Biden didn't campaign on that. He actually had the courage to say, I'm going to raise your taxes. You better hang on to your shorts because I'm going to tax you. So I guess good for him for standing up and saying it out, out front. But everybody else tends to sit there and try to blow smoke up your skirt, trying to convince you that at some some point in the future, if you vote for me, your taxes will be less. And we now know, at least that we should know. And if we don't know, I, I want you to walk up really close to a wall and I want you to slam your head on it three, four times. So you get it in your head that taxes are never going to go down. So anytime we do something that results in a tax deferment, what we need to have the courage to say to ourselves is, I don't want to pay the tax now. I'd rather pay a bigger bill later. It's the equivalent of taking your tax bill and putting it on a credit card. So Think of that before you go down the road of 1031 exchange. Let's get into real numbers, okay? And the real numbers come from the second part of the transaction. It's one thing to sell your property. The market's hot. People are paying a fortune, and that's all amazing. But now you're going to go do a 1031 exchange, which means you have to go out and designate a replacement property. And the IRS gives you 45 days to designate that property. Now that does not mean that you have to close on it. It just means you have to designate that property. I know a lot of you are saying it's like, yeah, and you get six months to, to close on it. It's like, okay, well, bear with me there, bucko. Just hold on one second, crock brain. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks here. Have you been able to find a great deal in the last 45 days without the pressure of a 1031 exchange on your shoulder? The answer for 99% of you, including me, is hell no. 
because it's little slim pickings out there. Not a lot happening, right? There's absolutely opportunity out there, but I don't know about y'all. I have to roll my sleeves up and work a lot harder lately to get something worth having than I ever did a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. It's slim pickings out there. A lot of people are scared, which means sellers don't want to necessarily sell right now. They're trying to figure out what's going on. But you know, people, if the sellers that do sell are certainly not desperate to do so, they're waiting for the highest bidder to come up and pay top dollar for their property. So I ask you this, logically speaking, can you look yourself in the mirror and say that you think there'll be no problem with you designating another property within the next 45 days? And some of you still are going to say, sure, I can do that. No problem. My realtor's a rock star. Well, I have news for you. Do you understand what designation really means? Designation means that the other responsible party must receive notice. That means, and this is directly off the IRS gov irs.gov website. Designating the properties means notice to the seller of each designated property. The seller is going to need to sign the notice acknowledging the transaction. So think about that. Now I know maybe somebody in bigger pockets will disagree with me, but I'm here to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and believe what I, what I read on the IRS website. Maybe your CPA will give you different advice. I doubt it. But if you find one and he maybe hasn't recovered from the hangover yet, maybe he'll give you the other advice and make you feel warm, fuzzy. And that makes sense. But understand that if you don't designate a property in the 45 days, and if you don't notify the seller and get the seller's signature and you don't follow each of the rules, which means crossing your T's and dotting your I's. If there is any failure whatsoever, you disqualify yourself from being able to do the 1031 exchange, which means you're not going to go to jail. It just means that you're going to now have to pay the taxes. The end. That's it. What happens when we're, we are buying with somebody's hand around our throat? If we feel pressured to make purchase decisions, heck, well, we don't have a pressure. I know people that freak out about the idea of just making an offer, let alone, God forbid, somebody actually accepts. We will do, and I see people do this on a regular basis, get into a mild state of a panic when they're involved in a 1031 exchange, when they're the person selling the person, the, the property and getting ready to do an exchange. They become buyers that are obsessed. I want to talk about motivated sellers. Motivated buyers because they're trying desperately to get anything that makes sense under contract so that they can proceed with the purchase of this designated property, even to the point of overpaying for it and doing a bad deal just so they can avoid this taxation that we're talking. But the question every time I, I hear somebody tell me this panic, you know, I'm a realtor as well. And I, people call me and they're in a, they always call me and they got like seven days left. I got seven days to buy something, but think about it for a second. How can you go out and shop for a great deal when you are terrified and you're working under a time constraint, you've got to do it or the world's going to come for an end. That, that's like what happens to the lottery winners when they win the lottery that most of them are usually broke in the first year, no matter how many millions they win, because they're, they don't know what, they got so much money and they're under pressure to do something. They start buying stuff self-imposed pressure maybe, but they start buying like crazy and they make bad decisions. They put themselves in a position to where they feel they're, they're in a rush and they make terrible decisions. So the big mystery number, the taxation number that everybody's panicking about when I when these people call me on the phone and they're just desperate for something, I ask them, it's like, well, what happens if you fail? And they're like, what do you mean what happens if I fail? What happens if you don't make the 45-day window and you lose the 1031 exchange? What does that mean in dollars and cents? How much is that going to cost you? And more often than not, they have no idea. They don't even know what the tax penalty they're trying to avoid is because they've never sat down with their CPA. They've never cracked the cover on IRS form 8824 or publication 523. Those are government forms, by the way, and publications that answer these questions for you without you even having to go to your CPA if you choose not to. They will tell you exactly, help you calculate, it's not rocket science, what your obligation will be. It's that simple. And then when people find out how much the taxes actually are, I ask them this question, are you willing to overpay for a property by that amount or more? 
Because in, in reality, that's what people are doing. They're in a hellfire rush to buy a property. They're willing to overpay for a property so they can defer a tax amount that they don't even know what the amount is and bigger in the future. There is zero logic in that line of thinking. So if you know what your tax obligation is going to be, let's say you're an apartment and you flipped an apartment, you're getting ready to flip an apartment building. I don't know. Maybe your, your tax liability is going to be a million dollars. Okay. Well, that might make sense, but at least, you know, because you know, your tax obligation is a million dollars, you know what you're trying to avoid. That said, I, before I went and did my exchange, I would probably do a lot of my preliminary work up front, meeting with brokers and talking to everybody in the community and making sure I had something, a couple, some things probably to designate. And by the way, you can designate more than one property. You're not required to close on every property that you designate, but you may, you must close on at least enough to offset or help defer the gain. That said, this doesn't have to be rocket science because I'm going to give you an example. Okay. A, a mathematical example, because I math is simple, right? This math is real simple and I'm using averages. And for those of you engineer brains, there's a different way to skin every cat. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a Harvard math wizard. I just used the capital gains calculator. I found it's probably not accurate to the penny. It's probably not calculating your tax bracket, your state, your property, your income. So we're just going to wing it. All right. So bear with me. Let's assume we have an original purchase price of $150,000. So what that means is that you went out and bought a three bedroom two bath house, you paid $150,000 for it. You've owned it a while and now you've transitioned it to a rental and you've decided that you want to do a like uh, exchange, 1031 exchange. And your favorite realtor tells you that they can get now get you $250,000 because the market's hot. And guys, that's not uncommon. So your gain really is going to be $100,000, right? Your original purchase price is $150,000. You can now sell it for $250,000. That means your gain, taxable gain is going to be $100,000. That's the number that they're going to base your taxes. They're also going to calculate, I believe, your tax bracket, the individual taxpayer tax bracket, because one of the questions a little calculator asked me was, what's the annual income of the taxpayer? So in this case, I just threw in 150000 So let's recap real quick. Purchase price of one, original purchase price of 150 Okay, you bought it for 150. You're selling it now for 250K. Your annual income is $150,000 a year. You file single. Your capital gains tax will be somewhere around 16,900. Again, that's not an exact figure. Don't put that on your tax return because, you know, I'm not a CPA and I don't even know if it's remotely accurate. It's what this calculator I found online told me. Assuming that is in remote, remotely accurate, that means that's about 16%. Now, if you were a married taxpayer, uh, the calculator went on to say that it'd be slightly lower if you, a, if you were a married. There are other ways you can avoid or defer or reduce your taxation on the sale of a home. One of those ways is if you've lived in the property, and I'll read it to you right off the site. If the property given up was owned and used as your home for at least a total of two years during the five-year period ending on the date of the exchange, you may be able to exclude part or all of any gain figured on Form 8824. Then it says for details on the exclusion of the gain, including how to figure out the amount of the exclusion, see publication 523, selling your home. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that they may they may waive the taxes on part or all of the gain that you'd be required to pay taxes on just because you lived there for a couple of years. So maybe, guys, if you lived there, you wouldn't have to do a 1031 because of the exclusions that they have built in, the, the extra bonuses you have to look forward to. I will say this, and this is not a political statement, but understand this. If you go to Joe Biden's campaign website right in there. He's going to do away with a lot of these exemptions. He's going to make you take a lot of these tax exemptions away and a lot of the, the opportunity to defer taxation away. 
Why he wants to do that? It's not for me to say I don't know. I'm not Joe Biden. However, you should understand that if you want to take advantage of some of the current tax laws, you might want to get going. TikTok, because things are going to be changing, right? So we want to get rolling. If you are in the Tampa Bay market or in the Florida Keys market and you thought about selling your home, now would probably be a darn good time to do it because I guarantee you I can get you top dollar for your home. Absolutely can get you top dollar for your home. More than any other agent in the Tampa Bay area and more than any other agent in the entire Florida Keys Monroe County market. How you find out about that? You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler. You get on my calendar. We'll talk about your home and see how we can put a plan together to blow things up for you and fill your bank account. Let's say, for example, before we wrap up here, you want to do a 1031 exchange because I know some of you have that question. Well, okay, it works for me. I decide I want to defer. I'm, I'm more excited about paying taxes later because I know my elected officials will take care of me. I want to be a good little taxpayer and I want to make sure that I pay more tax later because then I feel like I'm doing my part, cost of doing business to be an American, right? So step one is you go to Google and you type in 1031 exchange and then put in your zip code. And the first thing that will come up is the exchange intermediary, the qualified intermediaries who felt it prudent to advertise their services with Google AdWords. So I would start there. That's going to give you some people in your area, companies, what have you, that will help you with this process. I'm not going to break down the entire process because guess what? I'm not a qualified intermediary. I'm a real estate. Step two is identify the properties you will buy. When you sell your assets, you got 45 days to identify what properties you will reinvest in. You can do more than one. You don't have to close on them all. Okay, I've said that before. I want to make sure we're clear on that. And the last step is you close on your new assets. Basically what it works, how it works is the intermediary basically babysits the transaction, takes the proceeds of the sale of your property, hangs on to them until the new property is designated and goes to closing. And then they disperse the funds. It's kind of like how an IRA hangs on to your retirement money so you don't go blow it on a big screen in a, in a speedboat. Same thing. These intermediaries are a trusted third party who are registered with the IRS to help process this transaction. They will not sell you the next property. They won't find the next property for you. That's a conflict of interest. That's where your real estate broker or your partners or whatnot, or your asset manager or whatever it may be is going to help you find those properties, rely on the same team that you have to find properties. Now, they're still going to be able to find properties there. They still get their fees, their commissions, all that. That doesn't matter. So there's a simple three-step process on how to do it. But again, before I wrap up, I just want to kind of bring it home. Does it make sense? Does it matter? Does it even affect you? Does it make more sense to just suck it a buttercup, pay the taxes now instead of paying it later? Guys, I'm going to leave, it with, leave you with that right there. Hope you have a great week. Hope you get out there and make something happen. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.